Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to Fright Night. She just goes a little mad sometimes. Wolfman's got Mars! They're coming to get you, Barbara. Whatever you do, don't fall asleep. We have such sights to show you. They're all gonna laugh at you! You're listening to the Jersey Cool. Hey, everybody! Feliz Navidad! <laughs> Feliz Navidad! Hi! <laughs> well, sounds like... Somebody's been hitting the eggnog already. <laughs> and Betty Crema, everybody. Oh, I'm so excited, Jackie. Are you excited? I can feel it. Yes. I can feel your grinchy heart growing three sizes today. See, like I said, the, everyone at home can't see, but I, I have my Christmas hat on. I have my oh, I Christmas dinosaur shirt on. And you know what? Because as we said, because I'm not insane for Christmas. Marissa is under the impression that I hate Christmas. I don't hate I mean, Christmas. I think Christmas is perfectly fine. I just, I'm not one of those Christmas. I'm not Buddy the Elf. And Marissa is Buddy the Elf. You're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. You're either for Christmas or you're against it, Jackie. There's no in between. All There's right? a gray area. So people that think Christmas is perfectly fine. Okay, you know what's perfectly I'm not, fine? I'm not. A toothbrush. That's what's I'm perfectly not. fine. But like Christmas, it's Christmas. All right. Anyway, Grinch, let's move on. Maybe uh, Ebenezer over here will find her Christmas beer by the end of this episode, because this is our first of many holiday Christmas specials. And today I'm so excited because two of my nearest, dearest, most favorite evil elves have come down from the North Pole to celebrate with us tonight. Uh, Shane and Mary, thank you so much for being here. Yo, snows and hoes. Happy to be here. (laughs) (laughs) snows and hose is going to be the name of our christmas album so that's good then we got that one of many (laughs) yeah we got we got buble on the horn (laughs) no you Uh, know what real talk (laughs) real talk at one point my brother and i were going to record a christmas album where we took just like regular christmas songs but we peppered in foul language and it was going to be called i swear it's christmas (laughs) (laughs) These concepts could be combined. I'm just gonna throw this out there. First single off the album, Sloppy Snow Job. (laughs) Sloppy Snow Job. (laughs) Guys, it's it's beginning to look a lot like fucking Christmas. (laughs) Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. I'm here for all of this. And just to give the folks at home a visual, uh, Mary is dressed like an Ewok, which is very exciting, right? It's my special yeah. account. Specifically, yeah. Not just an Ewok. Any Ewok. Wicked, please. Wicked, yeah. I mean, show like some Wicked? respect, right? Right. Yeah. And she Star is- of such films as Ewok Adventure, Caravan of Courage. That's right. <laughs> and the, the Ewok Christmas special. And so. Willow. That's right. <laughs> 
And Shane is dressed as Krampus for the occasion, which is... Oh, so- I didn't know we were supposed to dress up. <laughs> um, which is actually perfect because our first two films for this wonderful holiday season are Gremlins and Krampus. Um, two of my favorite fun watches for the holidays. I especially love these because even though they're horror films, they're so delightfully comedic and I can watch them with the little ones around the fire. And by the fire, I mean, of course, the one I put on the TV from Netflix. So (laughs) that's what I look like. Um, So yeah, so guys, thank you so much for joining us. And of course they are from so many amazingly talented productions of their own. Uh, Shane runs Seventh Blindman, right? Uh, the blind man. Yeah, the seven's just the T. Oh, that is so hipstery of you. Um, no, I love it. <laughs> and in which he does amazing, incredibly amazing things, which I wish I feel, I feel like I'm not doing a good job of selling it. Shane, tell us a little bit about what you do. I do miniatures and miniature-based accessories. <laughs> can you make a miniature me? I mean, I can. Why the fuck uh, haven't you made one yet? <laughs> <laughs> what kind of friend are you? <laughs> because I'm debating how flattering I should make it. <laughs> the more unflattering, the more battle pay. So that's where I was, so where I was leaning. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and Mary, of course, has so many uh, uh, pokers in the fire. Is that the expression? Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, she's so excited in her <laughs> new podcast. I don't know if that's what the kids she's are talking about. She's got a poker I'm, in my fire. I'll tell you that much. I got pokers in so many fires, baby. <laughs> as long as I get the first slice. <laughs> as long as you can actually post a video of me making the joke in the Wicked outfit. Yeah. That- everyone gets the full sexy effect. Mary is with Dark Hills Radio as well as a new company, a little a little starter right out of Silicon Valley called uh, Three Crows, which we might, working title because might be Three Crows and a Baby if Shane comes on board. Depends if it's Silicon or Silicon Valley. I'm in for one, not for the other. I, so I, but I live in Silicon Valley. That's yeah, where it's New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> Silicon, New Jersey, right outside of Philly. It's beautiful this time of year. Um, but yeah, so so we're so excited to be unveiling our new production company with Mary. It's like you know when when in. Uh, the craft, the the final chick shows up and they're like, it's magic. That's what it was to to finally have the three of us all together. The coven is complete and I feel mm-hmm. like we're really ready to make some magic. So I'm so, so excited that, for that. Or in keeping with our episode theme, after Stripe jumps in the swimming pool and we see all the gremlins <laughs> marching downtown, it might be more like that. <laughs> Really sure yet? If I have anything to say about it, there will be way more explosions than the craft. That's fair. <laughs> I thought that was what was going to happen when we fed Shade after midnight. I didn't know it had anything to do with us. <laughs> you fell asleep. You wouldn't know. <laughs> oh man! All right, so let's get started talking because we are taking on uh, one of I think a heavy hitter of the horror canon here. So let's get started and talk about 1984's Gremlins. Nothing. No one says it. <laughs> so I'll go for it then. We could talk about that movie, or we could talk about the movie that should be, which is Clive Barker's Gremlins, because there's some definite Hellraiser shit coming out of that box, and I'd be interested in watching that. Oh my god! <laughs> I just now yes. have an image of Stripe in his little Stripe voice, being like, "We have such sides." <laughs> I mean, is this not the most kid-appropriate Hellraiser movie? It hits all the notes. You got the melting bodies. You got the the monsters that come out of the boxes. Irresponsible people not knowing what they want. Horrible. You got no, you. You also have the baddest bitch that I think would stand. The Cenobites wouldn't stand a chance against the mom and Gremlins. No, she does not deserve that whole family. 
no you're you are on the nose because i told marissa i have a hot take about gremlins and my hot take is that mrs peltzer is a final girl because she on her own took out three Mm -hmm. four no, it was three. The she did half. Because technically she's the one in the tree. Before. That's true. But, yeah. That's true. But no, that was my my hot take on Gremlins is that we need to start putting Mama Peltzer on these final girl yeah. lists. Because she's going to go far because not only did she microwave a Gremlin, she watched as it died in the microwave. That's, oh, yeah. that's she, she did. She is a bad bitch. And honestly, <laughs> I texted I texted Shane and I was like, you know what? No wonder they had such problems later on in the film because they benched their two best players within act one, the mom and the dog. Those two, <laughs> no shit. <laughs> no, you're you're a hundred percent right. Um, she is the real hero. I have that note that she by far kicks the most ass out of anybody. Close second for Phoebe Kate though. Because she does like kind of badass get her way out of what could be a sticky situation in the bar. Although yeah. I don't approve of her serving alcohol to gremlins, but we'll talk about that later. I feel like it's a question. I'm gonna disagree time. with you on that one. I'm gonna disagree with you, but we'll get there. Okay. Yeah, let's not let's, let's not get ahead of ourselves here. Let's take it right back to the start where we belong. First of all, there's no truer truth than that this is this movie, thanks to this and Temple of Doom, is the reason why PG-13 exists. I'm going to go ahead and say that this is not a PG-13 by today's standard. My kids, every time we watch this movie, are like can't sleep for three weeks. So, I mean, we really? have to watch. Yeah, no, it's 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 so much more disturbing than we as 80s kids ever realized. Like, it's really creepy. And the <laughs> like, things you know, as an adult that creep me out are not the things that creep me out. As a, as a kid, the final scene where they kill Stripe in the department store and he comes out of like, that whole scene where he's dying by the fountain. Oh terrifying to me as a child and gross see me too that's less so disturbing and again the phoebe the the iconic phoebe kate's christmas story like christmas tragedy is what's most disturbing about the film along with you know poor gizmo looking shocked like why do they cut to the gizmo reaction that kills me every time because he's all of us because he in that moment he is all of us watching that movie his little ears Also, can we talk about the fact that that motherfucker, Billy, isn't even fully paying attention when she tells the story? He is well, like, shuffling around for shit. I noticed that this time, and it really irked my soul. Bitches pouring out. Well, the issue is he saw the baggage, and he's like, reconsidering, it's a small yeah. town, what options do I have? <laughs> I I appreciate Billy in that moment, because I felt like Billy was all of us. Like, if your friend just started opening up, I don't know. I gotta be honest with you, man. I don't know what to tell you. Like, I just... Whole, like, am I supposed to pat you on the head? Or? You're like, don't worry about it. We're not going to celebrate Christmas. <laughs> Trying time. No Christmas. <laughs> Christmas is done. <laughs> also, Phoebe, she's my girl, but read the fucking room. We're in the middle of battling gremlins. Do you really need to fucking dump your trauma out on us right now? Like, we got a lot on our plate. I do. She was trying to say that I can handle it. This is just regular Christmas for me. <laughs> I wound up looking that up because I was just curious, like, why was that story in gremlins? It's an urban legend reason and apparently when they talked about it it's joe dante the director thought it was the perfect summary of the movie which is it's ridiculous and hilarious but when it actually happens it's horrifying so he like based originally apparently the story was supposed to be told by a mcdonald's manager who's working at mcdonald's or something and they gremlins come in and they decide to eat the people and not the mcdonald's food which by the way would have been amazing i would love that (laughs) Why, I don't know why that scene doesn't exist. Arguably, <laughs> more real food. <laughs> like, like, 
right? Apparently that got cut. And when they cut the scene, he's like, I hate to lose that character, but I don't want to lose that story. And so he goes, I'm going to give it to Phoebe Cates because she doesn't have a lot of depth or in the film. She's mm-hmm. a heroine. So he gives it to her. And you're like, the whole point being, it's it's like the guy that slips on a banana peel. It's hilarious until he breaks his back. And then you're like, oh my God, like that's horrific. So wait, that's not funny. Once he breaks you back anymore, number I'm one. I'm with you. I yeah, still yeah, laugh at like... the Phoebe Cates story every time, but it's that horrifyingly uncomfortable laugh of just like, <laughs> yeah. You know what are you supposed to say to that? It's like, all right. Well, let's. Laugh. let's My first question would have been, myself. "Why did your dad dive headfirst down a chimney?" <laughs> 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 Too soon. There's... I get it. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, I'm already, this is already my favorite Christmas ever. Um, No, so fun fact too, I hate to agree with Spielberg, but Spielberg really wanted that scene cut. Like he was like, bro, this is not working, whatever this is. And Dante doubled down on it and Chris Columbus backed him up. And I gotta be honest, it's a fucking terrible scene and it really doesn't fit with the movie in my opinion, but I love it for being there because it's inevitably such a great moment to talk about. Um, So this film also, I have, okay guys, I I need your help here because there are some things I can't reconcile about the rules. Can you guys maybe like help me with some of the stuff? I see exactly where you're going with this. I have no idea why the mom had enough patience to stick with that asshole for so long and it bothered me too. What a a fucking deadbeat. Can we just talk about that scumbag as an inventor? I got news for you. Rick Moranis is the inventor dad and he's at least semi-successful. What have you got? Nothing. Every one of those appliances is fucking broken. <laughs> it doesn't work. Like, All I gotta say, no, I'm. I will say that if if I'm six years old and I go to my little school's like Santa's workshop and they've got that bathroom buddy, I'm absolutely hundred percent buying that shit for my dad. Like five <laughs> years in a row. Like that's the kind of shit. Like you know how you always get your dad like the little set of screwdrivers. Like I would get my dad the bathroom buddy every year, no doubt. <laughs> I'm pretty certain that smokeless ashtrays existed in 1984. So first of all, he's a lying scumbag. <laughs> Number one. Number two, even when she goes to fucking get coffee at the end of the damn movie. Like, really? Like, I, I hate him so much as a father, as a human being. He exploits the, like, the, the guy's like, you can't have this mogwai. Like, there's no way. The kid, desperate for money, is like, here, just take it. We just, we're, we need to eat tonight like a scumbag but but i'm gonna get to how this movie is a strong political statement that i never saw as a child i don't agree i don't agree at all he's trying so you think that if you can't succeed on the first time you should give up because you're just a no but if i can't succeed on the five thousandth time jackie i might want to reevaluate you are a a capable adult who's got a son that is apparently supporting your entire family, now might be the time to dial back on your dreams. And that's that's what I agree with. It's like, yeah, he should keep doing the inventing. The second he had a kid, he's like, well, I should get a day job and then work on my invention. You guys are being too harsh. You guys are being too harsh. He wasn't you know, even there on Christmas Eve for his competition family. On Christmas Eve and leaves his wife and son to fend off a strange creature he doesn't understand, is doing weird things and breaking the rules. And the only thing he agrees to do is take the dog so that the evil lady that lives in town, who, by the way, is foreclosing on everyone, all the more reason to get an actual job, doesn't somehow put him in a dryer and kill the dog. Like, this is not a situation where you live your dreams right now. Diary, right. First, time for dreams later. Right. I 100%. And Jackie, if you need one more reason why he's a total scumbag, 
Do you notice what he trades his invention for at the convenience store? Two cartons of cigarettes, some scratchers, and probably a porno. Okay? <laughs> like, what a oh, scumbag that's not fair. move. That's not fair. <laughs> probably Why? a porn. What? It's because porn's bad? Marissa, you hate no, but I'm saying, like porn? I'm saying when my family's like starving, I'm not going to go clearly buy clearly not starving. Mar- Marissa, They're clearly not in, in, starving. In the defense of that man, at least he understands that he cannot afford another child. And you can't, I you, I'm sorry, I, I need to go back because you can't blame him calling him a scumbag for taking the mogwai because the guy said no. And he was like, all right, fine. And the kid is the scumbag because the kid was like, no, no, no. We the kid's need a child. Your money. He's he a needs child. your money. Oh, no, I'm so, okay. So he, the, he's a kid now. He can be a douchebag. That's fine. Yes. No, you can't call the adult the scumbag when the kid's like, look, we need the money. 200 bucks. You going to just like shell out 200 bucks? It's a lot you of wanna, fucking you money. Wanna be a, you want to be a good person? Give him $200. Don't take their fucking also, creatures. Also, also, whoa, 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 whoa. Wait, wait. So commerce, commerce is now just, it's for shit. So the next time you go to the grocery store, they should just give it to you for fucking free to be nice. No, but I'll give my money to an adult who has the right to sell the product. A very good point. He spends $200 in 1984 money. That's $500 with inflation. I looked this up. He spends $500 on Christmas in a family that's struggling with his son's the only one that's got a solid job. So where'd he get that money in the first place on a stuffed animal that talks basically. I mean, it's a pretty good stuff. I mean, and, and it's not even supposed to be sold. Yeah. It's really cool. But here's the thing. His son's car doesn't fucking work. Uh, yeah, bought I love when he, and he makes the joke when he gives him the bug He's like, it's a new car. And that. Because like that. <laughs> and it isn't, it's so crazy. Cause like Mogwais aren't even real. <laughs> you guys are all douchebags. No one has the spirit of Christmas here. It's a movie. It's not real. Stop getting into semantics in a fucking Gremlins movie. I mean, you know what? If they paid a little more attention to semantics, wouldn't have had the town overrun by Gremlins blowing up the movie theater. And here's the thing. You know what they don't show you? The day after in the town when no one believes them about these mysterious times. I thought about that. I'm like, all the all fucking damage. Things. <laughs> yeah, and all these goddamn assholes now who are who can't afford their rent to begin with, now they've got to deal yeah. with rent. That poor department store. Now, so so this is, someone's going to walk into that department store garden center tomorrow morning and be like, ooh, what's on the floor? Yo, that therapist is going to be rich. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so speaking to the town itself, I'm going to say that for the first time in my life, I had a very different read on this film. And I realized that Gremlins is actually a thinly veiled metaphor for the failure of Reaganomics and trickle-down economy, okay? Now bear with me, folks. 1984 was the height of the, uh, we did it, we're we're making America great again. (laughs) I hate you both so much. The making America great again, uh, 1984, we are, we are in Reaganomics. And it's a snapshot of this little town. Jackie, I fucking hate you. It's a snapshot of a little town that is failing, okay? You have the xenophobe alcoholic guy who probably lost his job in the factory. You have the failed fucking inventor, the great father of the year, according to Jackie. We have, the, uh, we have all these people. And then you have the evil, like, it's a wonderful life lady who's literally threatening to torture and kill small animals. And what, when Gizmo comes to town, it becomes like, look at this thing. It's like, it's, it's going to help you and we're going to spread it. And the dad says, oh, you know what? Every kid's going to want a Gizmo. Like it, we're, this is going to replace the dog. And just like trickle down economics, they come in, but instead of doing what they promised they would do, which is 
you know, bring joy and make everybody rich and happy. They fucking destroy everything. Just like Reagan, just like the fucking trickle-down economics. It was failed, it didn't work, and it left everyone in ruins. This, this town is falling apart and the gremlins kill it. And to me, it's a metaphor for everything that went wrong in America in the mid-80s. Ah, thank you. And they did have to trickle water on the gremlins to get That's to the right. <laughs> so it wasn't even that thinly. The writing's on the wall. The writing's right, on the wall. Speaking to the rules, and you, you guys can ignore my trickle-down economics theory. That's fine. But speaking to the rules, first question. Isn't it technically always after midnight? Yeah. So I don't understand. Well, <laughs> you I mean, can't feed them. Clocks are completely irrelevant. So I assume there's yes. an unspoken line that got cut <laughs> that links the after midnight midnight to sunrise because sunlight kills them. So I'm assuming between the sunrise, <laughs> well, but they never six. they cut that line along yeah. with the best scene ever, which would have been but like, nobody in in any at any phase was like, wait, guys, isn't it like no one had that thought? And like they, they could have been like, don't feed it between midnight and two or three eight. You well, know, if we, if we start talking about that, we start to realize we don't need to set our clocks forward and back, and it opens up a whole can of worms. <laughs> yeah, so just ignore whole, it. Right, that's true. <laughs> yeah, they, and they're not time they, zone specific. <laughs> is it only water or any liquid? Don't get them wet. They so were drinking. They were liquid. drinking alcohol though, and they weren't multiplying. That's yeah. why. Can they consume beverages? He says water. The Chinese, the old oh, Chinese does he? says water specifically. Don't give him any water. So I think it's just water. Right. So they can drink beer. They can. It still doesn't beer explain off. how the snow doesn't affect. Well, them. yeah, it's got to be liquid. Snow is just frozen water. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So many rules. You're right. World yeah. isn't ready for Mogwai. We can't even. <laughs> I can't even wrap my brain around this, you guys. Um, and then my other question is: Were when they first spawned, they were cute like Gizmo. Would they have stayed relatively cute and nice? had they not then reproduced again? I was going to say, remember, they start out being, as soon as he multiplies, they're different from Gizmo. Remember, he says, these aren't like Gizmo, because Gizmo's, like, well-behaved and nice. Yeah, they're shitty, yeah. Multiplies from him is shitty. Well, right. that's what my assumption is, since Gizmo's been around a while, that the uh, the wise owner probably taught him. And that's why he's like, mm-hmm. well, it's not, I'm not going to sell them, because they probably uh, come out, I mean, it's, you give almost full cogniz- cognizance to a, an infant, like, they're going to be a little dickhead, probably. Oh, and that's what they seemed like immediately without any, like, proper training of anybody who knows what they're doing. It's, my, assum- it's my assumption based on that. True. The other thing that I love about gremlins, and this is actually, to me, a feather in the cap of the gremlins, is that their level of, of bad is so, like, their scale is so great and wide. Because some of them just want to run around, put a popcorn bucket on their heads, and flash people and maybe turn off traffic lights. Others want to stone cold murder you in your sleep. And it's like, that to me is delightful because do I, am I dealing with the gremlin that just wants to flash me? Or am I dealing with one that's going to slip my throat? Who knows? Who knows? All part of the fun and the horror of the movie. Either way, you're getting stabbed by a pickle. (laughs) Can I real quick also say, I have to give a quick shout out to two of my favorite gremlins in this movie. Aside from Gizmo, Stripe is... Strip's a little too intense, quite frankly. Smooth jazz gremlin. In- oh, yes. He's the best. He's so He's my cool. favorite. Yeah. All-time favorite. Smooth jazz gremlin is just fantastic, especially when he gets annoyed when the guy comes <laughs> the other gremlin comes over with the puppets. I haven't, wait. Je- ah, I'm so excited you said that because I assigned us all gremlins. <gasps> and I decided, right, that I'm definitely the one with the puppets. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> Jackie's definitely smooth jazz gremlin. That makes okay. total sense. 
Oh, no. Mary, your Mary, your flash dance gremlin. And Shane, I was really, I had a really hard time picking a gremlin for you. And I'm torn and I'm gonna let the other two wonderful ladies decide. Is he more bank robber gremlin or flasher gremlin? Flasher Flasher. Gremlin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A bank robber gremlin's to be, to be, to be fair. Which is that you wouldn't have anything to flash. You would just want to wear sunglasses and a trench coat. That's really it. No, see, I was fine either way, because to be fair, I'm just proud of what I've got, okay? Like, don't judge him. He was just born. Come on. The, uh, the bank robber one's my favorite with his little gun. Also, where'd they find so many little tiny mini guns that are actually guns? <laughs> That's what I want to know. I want my one. question is, if we're going to, if we're going to suspend disbelief here, uh, so many we're of them, are, so many of them are smoking cigarettes, but yet the one time you see Phoebe Cates try to light their cigarette so how are they getting all these cigarettes lit because there is just doing, you light smoke. it with another cigarette they're probably yeah. using but the first one get lit? in college yeah <laughs> um they probably also, just stole it out of the mouths of their victims or at least the first cigarette that's, that's the that first cigarette true. right that I could be true real quick i do have to have a slight aside from your reaganomics i feel like you well that is incredibly intellectual i feel Thank like you obvious uh metaphor was twofold which is there is the obvious americans aren't ready to handle nature responsibly yes which is yes. true like, yeah. literally said yeah, at the, the end, end he's like yeah and the second which is the more you mul- we have mass produced everything in order to make it cheap enough where our consumerism has insisted that we mass produce things cheap enough that we can have all of these things which break so easily and it's kind of ruining our lives because we're becoming too dependent upon it and then when it does break it becomes this again, like it, it's it's a little bit of that kind of '80s consumerism. So I agree. I think there is a little bit of a comment on the '80s society. I just don't know that it's specific to trickle down economics or more just the incredible materialism of the '80s. I agree, and I think that you're right with both of those themes being point on. And I also think the town does a really good job of being very sad under the surface and very damaged and broken. I will say one thing about the town. I wish I could be so poor that my son has to work for me and I still have a house that nice. I'll just oh, say I'm it. giving it I'm giving it like five more years. That's my plan. I'm going to be like, hey, guys, I'm going to start inventing. So <laughs> go work. <I'm> <laughs> go run as- for Judge Reinhold. <laughs> Does anybody have any legitimate theories as to where this town is located? Because he goes from Back to the future. <laughs> yeah, Hill Valley. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, but it's just he goes from Chinatown to adorable like snow. But I, I thought he was he was traveling. So Chinatown could have been anywhere. So he was. Yeah, it's, it's in the big city. Yeah, right. He comes big- home that evening with it, right? Which is not racist at all. Within driving distance, you can't bring that thing on a plane, even in the eighties, man. First, so first of all, you can bring anything on a plane in the eighties, Mary. That's absurd. (laughs) 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 I could have put you in that hat in a baby Bjorn and worn it onto a. I'm adorable. All right, (laughs) but also, yeah. To be fair, I kind of want to do that now, but (laughs) but that's neither here nor there. If you do. You guys got to be back to back so you can fight for control over the legs. Is all I'm say. <laughs> <laughs> when one of us gets tired, the other takes over. <laughs> no, I still, I still like our uh, our trench coat idea. Three of us on 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 shoulder on shoulder. Oh, the big trench up, coat it's... idea. Uh, oh, you know what? I have a note oh, about so funny. You know, wanting to shank 
Mrs. Deagle because she talked about like taking the dog and doing horrible things. I wrote that note at this point though, my dog just farted. So I'm about to put him in the dryer on the spin cycle because it stinks in this room right now. And we're the monsters, guys. Yeah, we're the jerks. <laughs> also, like I said, can we first and second give Barney his due? That dog, man, is the only one willing to stand up to Mrs. Needle in that town. He's not taking right? shit. Everyone else backs down. He's like, nah. No. One for her Deagle. Like, I um, dare you. That's a nice head. Never mind. Yeah. Yeah. He <laughs> follows Billy everywhere. He like sits under the desk until he realizes this bitch is talking shit, at which point he unties himself and defends himself. He finds Billy in the department store. Yeah. Literally gets over the whole gizmo driving a toy car. Like this dog is he must have been trained by the mom. That's all I can say. Him and the yeah. mom. Oh yeah, hundred percent. They are the I also most love the MVPs. That's the that's like one of the last lines of the movie is Gizmo says goodbye to him. Did you notice that? Yes. He goes, he goes, Bye, Ruff, 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 Ruff. <laughs> Bye, Ruff, Ruff. That's like I, I was I already I why. was already on the verge of tears when he had to say goodbye to Billy, and then when he was like, "Bye, Ruff, Ruff," I was Yo, like, "Oh good, I'm not ready." Screw Billy. Let's get a homeward bound with Gizmo and the dog. <laughs> Fantastic. Oh my god. Just channel this movie down to the best parts. <laughs> right? You could literally make him like this the knight from Labyrinth. You just get a little saddle for the Sir Sir Didymus. Let him ride around like Sir Didymus. Oh my god. And Ambro- Ambrosia? Yeah, Ambrosia. Yeah. Ambro- Ambro- oh my god. You guys, well, first of all, they need to make Christopher Columbus's original script because that shit is dark and scary. And I wish I could get my hands on a copy of it, but all I know is it includes the mom getting decap the mom getting killed and oh the dog God. getting decap yeah, the dog getting decapitated and the head rolling down the no. stairs. It has no. yeah, the original oh, yeah. Um, in the original script, for, well, first of all, I want to see this movie. If they remake it, they better go off this original Only script. Only if the gremlin picks up the head and puts it on and wears it out, like, yes, out the door. straight up, like, straight up Devil's I'm, Reject style. Yeah, I'm Rob not Zombie here dog death. No, no dog death. first of all, I want Rob Zombie's gremlins. I want the original dark, <laughs> I want the original dark, um, all these scenes that Christopher Columbus had to cut. I also want Gizmo turns into Spike in the original version. But Gizmo, Aww. as Gizmo, tested so well because he's cute and fuzzy. Because that they it was the that. 80s and they wanted to sell toys. Yeah, merchandising. Um, <laughs> I, but yeah. I like the idea of him turning into Spike better, though, because that makes it more Me sad. Too. It's like, Me thanks too. a lot, Whitey, you ruined this adorable little creature. Yeah. <laughs> and, and somewhere, yeah, right? White people ruining everything is basically the theme of this movie anyway. I mean, that's uh, especially. And when I say white people, I mean Corey Feldman. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> um, and I can say that because I met him. Uh, yeah. And it's true. <laughs> he ruins everything good. <laughs> I'm not cutting it out, Jackie. I don't care. <laughs> I, watched, I watched his band play. You're not wrong. <laughs> I just hope you didn't pay for that. I hope he paid oh, no, you no. to be there. No, no. I recommend everyone look that up on YouTube. It is the... I no. love his band so yeah. much. Yeah. No. The <laughs> Angels or whatever. <laughs> oh, my God. What a train wreck. But anyway, almost directed by Tim Burton this film, which would have been a whole different film. And I think he would have kept the, all the deaths. And somewhere out there in this world, there is a test run of the Gremlins where there's monkeys in costumes. And I really want to get my hands on it. Because apparently the first time before they decided to go puppets, they literally took monkeys, put Gremlin costumes on them and said, let's see what happens. Turns out nothing happened. They t- they, fl- they flung poo at each other. And then Please God, go I don't care. I'd watch that. You throw David <laughs> Instruct in that, I'm in. <laughs> that is some DVD or special bonus footage that I would pay oh. so much money for. 
just to see monkeys dressed as Gizmo running around like throwing their own poop at each other would be. Um, it's a, an and art I love piece. The, Different. That's like my col- my first college film was something to the lines of that. Um, <laughs> I've got all kinds of fun facts, you guys. But yeah, no, the monkeys in the suits, I really wish we could get our hands on. Another, uh, my last fun fact, the gizmo on the dartboard scene came because the production crew hated the puppet so much for gizmo that they used to take the gizmo puppet and put it in like compromising positions everywhere and like try to kill it jokingly. And one day they walked in and they found it on a dartboard and they were like, that's funny, let's put it in the film. <laughs> yeah, fun fact. Yeah, um cool. let's see here. Uh we're gonna we're gonna shout out Dick Miller as Mr. Futterman as the best white girl wasted. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it's the end. That's when he was like, waste. you know, when you know Kate's like, you know, I don't I don't think you should drive. And Futterman's like, you know, Kate, I don't I don't think I should drive home. Like I was two seconds <laughs> from being like you don't know me. You don't yeah, know my no. life. <laughs> I need to Where's your little cupcake over here? That's what he was telling her in the bar. And then he starts yeah. talking about, what is it? WWII. <laughs> the big one. <laughs> to be fair, if you're going to drive home drunk, you might as well take a tractor because you'll be. That's what I said. Yeah. I was like, can you get arrested for driving your tractor home? I believe the answer is a hard yes. <laughs> yes. Because you can get arrested for driving a bike drunk. If they catch you. So I've heard. Never had any personal experiences there. <laughs> um <laughs> I I really never got arrested. I just there was like always heard you could get you know what <laughs> she didn't get arrested because campus police didn't have that power. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I was faster than they were, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> they're their Man, golf cart was running low on battery and they could not keep up with Fona. <laughs> you pedaling as fast as you can up a hill, knowing on the other side you'll have gravity on your on your side. Behind you on a segue is <laughs> hey! That would yeah, that sounds about right for me. Um also can we talk about another uh real tragedy in this film and pour one out for the science teacher? Because why does the teacher always get it in these 80s movies? God damn it. Like it's so heated. Like bring me this this dumpster fire and be like, can you help me? And being a good teacher, he's like, of course, I'll look into this. This is so interesting. And the next thing you know, he gets fucking eaten under a desk. I feel like you probably are the best <laughs> to answer this than we are. It's that uh your life is expendable. <laughs> these children who deserve way less. <laughs> so it's funny because it's true. Mm-hmm. I also you know how I know because I'm working this week. <laughs> I also say uh, if we're going to criticize the father for being a bad father, we should also criticize the science teacher for going. Sure, I'll take this strange animal that multiplied by water and that's not supposed to eat after midnight and keep it in an in a elementary school classroom when I don't understand anything about it, including using probably non-authorized lab equipment because it's literally just for kids to do science experiments to draw blood on the animal. Oh, then I'm going to leave the sandwich with an easy reach because fuck the rules, right? He's a science teacher. You have to know, like, that would be like, well, wait a minute, guys, we got to make sure we're, and then, and then when it becomes a giant alien egg, he's like, oh, this is cool. This is no problem at all. Everyone else would be going, uh, that's terrifying. That's not normal. Like, maybe we should call somebody in. Maybe we should make sure it stays out of a classroom with children in it. But no, no, no. He goes, I'm going to feed it a candy bar underneath a desk. I'm just going to put my hand right under there. No, 
So, so you bring up some some interesting points. A, why he definitely deserved his fate is the amount of times I've heard science teachers yell about don't eat in the lab, and that dude's leaving sandwiches out just anywhere. Okay. Also, if they're comparing Gizmo always to a dog, right? Because it's a furry animal. It's obviously a dog. What does he feed it? Chocolate is his go-to move. That's not healthy. Well, it's not you even healthy. I said there's I, a risk there. You don't know this creature. I bet if that it like rice or something, I don't know. I bet that guy's not even a real scientist. I think he might be right. Because <laughs> <gasps> he's a teacher, isn't it? That's that's the joke there, Jackie. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, it's not. A, it's not a joke. It's fair. That's his profession. It's a comment on how poor the uh, education system is in this country. Mary, just to go back to your point real quick, did any of those kids get hurt? No, you know why? Because teachers are like heroes. They always take precautions to take care of the kids. And when your student comes to you in a moment of need, you always you always say yes. Like I, there are very few things that I wouldn't do if a kid came in and was like, could you watch this Mogwai for me? I'd be like, all right, but seriously, make sure you come and get it after school. Right? I'm not messing around this time. <laughs> you may be right. And I'll give you that larger point. However, I do feel like you're a little bit going with the Batman roles with the, did any of the kids get hurt? Yes. Many of the kids probably got hurt by the end of this movie. You might not have it's seen not his fault. In that teachers. Blame teachers. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying it's entirely his fault, and I'm not... It's 100% not his fault. It's all the fucking father's fault. Just saying. It's Corey Feldman's fault. No, it's all Corey Feldman's fault. If he hadn't been klutzy and spilling the water, we'd still have just that single, cute, adorable gizmo. Yeah, but asshole fed him after midnight, too. Billy. Yeah, maybe Corey would have fed him after after midnight. Only after they multiplied. Only after they multiplied. That's his fault. He should have just given them to Corey because he wanted them and he would have listened to the rules. If Corey hadn't spilled the water, he's the catalyst. If Corey hadn't spilled the water, then... We'd have a peaceful movie oh, that lasts. So maybe, maybe, maybe Billy shouldn't have had water just sitting out. So it's Billy's fault for having the you know, water you know, in the first place. Uh, what I'm starting to realize by all these arguments that maybe it's not just like one person's fault. Maybe it's just that like society isn't ready for the Mogwai. Maybe, guys, maybe the Chinese guy was right. We're not ready yet. It was guys. There's one person whose fault it is. I don't understand how you're not seeing this. It's fucking Reagan. Reagan is responsible <laughs> for this. <laughs> She is doubling down on the Reagan. I love it. I'll take it. Thanks, Obama. <laughs> um, oh, man. This has been so not what I envisioned for our Gremlins conversation. It's been a thousand times better, you guys. I feel like we have really set the new bar for Gremlins. Real talk. I feel um, like we gremlin to the Gremlins conversation. <laughs> wait, there's just one thing I want to say if we're going to transition off of it that I disagreed with all you guys on. I would have loved to be in the bar with those gremlins. They had a blast and I can't hate them for that whole scene. I was I was actually, my question that I posed to the group is, what is the better, is the bar scene better or is the movie theater scene better? Oh, because like them singing so Hi Ho is just That's fantastic. That's wholesome. But the bar scene, I love just how every, like there's almost like the different vignettes of it. Cause you've yeah. got, you know, you've got smooth jazz. You've got the guys playing croquet on the pool table. Yeah, you've got super madness dancing flash dance. Like there are so, so many. Good. And again, I think Marissa the asked the question and I will ask it as well. They had like, where did all they, where'd they get all those tiny clothes? Like, like where'd the tiny clothes come from? To be fair, it is Christmas. There's probably a lot of dolls around. Also, um, I need to have my relatable moment to Stripe uh, who was the saved, candy. who was saved by his fat ass needing candy and <laughs> left the theater 
He got candy. And then after shit started to go down and he was running away when Billy and them, he had a handful of candy. And I was like, Stripe, you and me, bro. Like, you're feeling me running away. Jackie, you got your candy. Jackie, I literally have that exact same note. I'm like, oh, Stripe's the spirit animal because A, he goes to get himself some fucking milk nuts. And B, he, when he's when shit goes down, he's got a retreat. He's got all the He's on a skateboard with arms full of candy. I'm like, me too. <laughs> Me too. Get that Snickers, bitch. You get that yeah, Snickers. Yeah, like, those fucking peanut butter cups are coming with me. I'm going down. I'm going down in style. Oh, my God. That's so funny that we had that exact same note. Yeah, me too. And like I said, that would be me. I'd be saved by my fat, by my penchant for candy. Yeah. Um, I, I do love the, the movie theater scene, but I think the bar scene is the best part of the movie. Hence, yeah. like... I'm not a musical fan, so the movie theater scene, like, the best part about that was when it explodes. Just because I was like, the, literally the moment I hear them heartwarmingly singing, I'm like, no, 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 that's not the gremlins I know and love. The gremlins I know and love are watching the hell out of themselves in that bar and living, <laughs> living their best life. Like all of them are doing their own thing. I also like that, like no one, no one is really, except at the end when the, the robber has the gun, no one's really trying to hurt her. Like he, they just want service, which I've been to a crowded bar like near a holiday. Like you just, well, you want your drink, you know, I get, no, don't be nice to your service people. But seriously, like no one's trying to hurt her. They just, you know, want their popcorn. They want, you know, their, their beers. They want not your pets and it's Christmas. Yeah. Just give us some alcohol. We're going to hang out. Let me, let I'm me ride say, on your ceiling fan. You know, leave me alone. Yeah. I think she's going to get a citation for not carding them though. I'm just throwing <laughs> it out there. I don't think any of them were of age. Um, I don't know how they aged though, so I could be wrong. Um, no, I agree. She when she got um like her choice to get out of there was pretty good. Also, I didn't know this. Apparently, the dude from Police Academy, Michael Winslow, did the voice of all the gremlins. Hmm. Oh, I'd I wish that hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, I didn't I'd know that. that. That was another fun fact. Yeah. Um, and then of course Howie Mandel gets credit for being Gizmo, but he didn't even sing the song. He didn't even sing the song. That was like some nobody. So fuck you, Howie Mandel. There, I said it. <laughs> So who am I fucked off today? Corey Feldman? Because I'm in the Christmas spirit, Jackie. Yeah, clearly. The guy who plays the dad. Corey Feldman. Corey Feldman. Corey Feldman. The guy who plays the dad. and uh, all, of the Reg- all of the Reagans. And yeah. any all of the exactly Reagans. And not to mention anyone, anyone in Reagan's economic, like, you know. Yeah. Council. Oh, if I knew those guys' names, I'd tell them all to go fuck themselves one by one. It would be like Santa's list. I'd be don't like, don't bother. Just tell the top one and he'll tell all of them. Yeah. <laughs> Joe Dante. So Joe Dante got like some side eye for keeping in the Phoebe Kate speech. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he gets <laughs> He gets it. He's on the list. Listen, he'll guys, never work I mean, in this town again. <laughs> I tell you what, you guys, nothing like the holidays. I'm, I'm feeling the Christmas spirit. I think I really, I'm feeling the spirit this year. Speaking of feeling the spirit, shall we transition to our next film? Because we've already been on Gremlins for an hour. <laughs> Always. So now we move on. All right, be serious here, you guys. Okay, I'm going to be serious. Topic. This is All super right? serious, guys. Trump. Rampus is a serious Rampus topic. Is serious. Shane, keep laughing and you're going to get a visit from him and then I'll be laughing. <laughs> I intend to. I've got some stuff for him. You think I've been just holding this in my closet for no reason? He needs to take it back. <laughs> so, all right, 2015's Krampus. I don't care what anybody says, I fucking love this movie. Like, just adore this film. Fantastic. 
it's got a ton of when I originally watched it, I gotta admit, it was one of those movies I would not typically have watched. It just didn't sound like it sounded like one of those like easily disposable films. And I watched it originally because Tony Collette was in it. And I I mean, okay, let's check this out. And I have to, you guys know me well enough to know it blends perfectly my incredibly twisted sense of glee and humor when it comes to horror. They do so many amazing things and they make Christmas truly horrifying and fun. So yeah, I, I'm, a, I'm a pretty big fan. I also love Adam Scott. I love like a lot of the characters. that It I was love. perfect casting. It really was. Yeah. Yeah. I've said it before and I will say it again. I think Toni Collette is the most talented actress that we have right now. Like she, above everybody else, I think she is the most talented actress right now. Yo, horror doesn't consider itself lucky enough to have her to class up their movies because she is so... I was I was telling Mary the other night when we were watching it that what Nicolas Cage wishes his ability to freak out is, is what she actually does, which is legitimate, real breakdowns so well. Like so well. Yeah, she's perfect. She's she is, so she is yeah. damn near perfect. Does she have Oscars? Because she should have like 40 of them at this I mean, point. Does she even need them at this point? I mean, she should have them, but as an afterthought, because she knows she's that good. Yeah. <laughs> um, apparently she was only ever nominated for Best Supporting Actress for The Sixth Sense. She does have an Emmy though for United States of Terror. But oh, I love that show. show. Yeah. So um, but you're right. Like horror doesn't, we don't deserve her to be honest with you. Um, and I love the opening of this movie because the juxtaposition of these horrible acts of consumerism with the, the Christmas Carol is just, just delights me. You're right, Mary, a same train, like my brand of humor so beautifully in this film. Like if I could be like a representation of my sick, twisted love of all things dark and yet also hilarious, it's this movie, but that yeah. opening is so good. Go ahead. Oh, no, no, it's fantastic. Sorry, I was going to say, it also, I love that you're doing both these movies together because I feel like everyone that identified with the gremlins in Gremlins love that same style of humor, that kind of chaotic, mischievous, let's mess with expectations, let's be like that fucked up sense of humor so well. And that it, it's the same exact, everything I loved about Gremlins was the gremlins just kind of unleashing chaos. And it's the same exact thing with this movie, it's just done a slightly different, like, warped twist. I loved The Helpers so much, and I could have done with a thousand percent more of it. Their designs were fantastic. They were hilarious and had great personality, and they were just so cool. My, I, I, As a whole, I like the movie. My only complaint, I wish the horror was bumped up just enough to kill some of those kids. <laughs> so I agree. I thought, yeah, yeah, I agree. I think it, it was... It was, I like that it's safe though. Cause again, it's like one of those films that oh, sense, I can, yeah. yeah. Like I can share with my kids and it's good. No, I definitely um, enjoyed it in a perfect world. I'd pump it up, but I don't think it needed it. No. And you're right. I could do way less. Cause like Krampus himself to me is one of the letdowns of this film. Um, like I'm like, meh, but all of his helpers and the little critters and stuff are all so uh, good. Jack in the box. Legit. Like so that was the good. best. Like I waited the entire time for something that would be truly terrifying. And that in this, again, as someone whose favorite movie is Alien, literally that like, that, that mouth opening and that horrific word, like, oh my God, I Jack in the you Box. No, I didn't, I, I liked Krampus because I like that it's left up to your imagination to what he looks like. I because he's got one, the Santa Claus mask on. I only have one issue with Krampus because I did like the mask a bit. And this is me being nitpicky because I love 
the design of it and was specifically looking at the makeup and such, I wish his jaw moved a little bit. Because I know that the mask is supposed to be from like the upper part of his face and that's supposed to be his real mouth. And just for me, while I loved it visually, the fact that the jaw was static broke my immersion a little bit, which again, nitpicky, I was specifically trying to look at it. I wish it just moved a little bit. Um, but design-wise, I agree. I love that they did the Santa Claus mask over it and all you saw were those really awesome eyes. Mm-hmm. Here's where I may sound like <laughs> Marissa and her Reaganomics theory. I kind of assumed that was a little bit because Krampus is supposed to be them. Krampus is supposed to be Max. Krampus is supposed to be the grandmother. It's why they get the bell. It's why they get, they're the ones that want to punish their family. See what I'm saying? Like, so it's kind of a, the whole thing is a little bit of a metaphor for that. And it's also where that very, that ending comes in is the sense of like, is it real? Is it not real? Was it a dream? Are they trapped in some Christmas snow globe? We don't really know, but. Right, right. It's Krampus is their shadow self because Saint Nicholas is us. Santa doesn't exist, right? It's that our our willingness to give and sacrifice for others. And when you decide not to, you become Krampus. You become the person that wants to take away, that wants to punish, that puts yourself first. Yeah, no, I got, that's kind of cool. Well, I so let's talk about the ending because I know Michael Do- Doherty. So first of all, Michael Doherty, right? I mean, trick or treat, he's my homie. But at the end of the day he did explain his ending and I pretend that doesn't exist because I think it's way more fun left ambiguous. Um, Whether or not they're in hell, whether or not they are, they get to try over again, whether or not they, you know, whatever, I don't know. But I, I, so how do you guys view the ending? Like imagining that. I'll just say by far the weakest part of the movie was a movie less than the length of one Lord of the Rings movie has just as many endings. At that point, I was just like, please just pick one. I'm glad they, mm-hmm. I, I liked the last one that it was. Uh, and I'm glad it didn't end on the happy thing, which I was afraid it would given the Christmas nature of it. But I definitely thought the ending as a whole was just the weakest part of the movie. I liked the idea of like Krampus sitting around with people in his little snow globes. I thought that was a cool image. Like I, I found that kind of fascinating. Um, but you're right. I mean, I agree that the the ending is one of the weaker parts of the story, but I liked the ambiguity of it. I liked, because like, for me, one of the themes that I like about this film is this idea that like family fucking sucks, but at the end of the day, they come in clutch when you need them. They're the people who are always going to be there, whether you like it or not. Um, Even if for some of us, unfortunately, that isn't entirely true. But like for, for those of us who are lucky enough, like my family's a giant pain in my butt, but at the end of the day, I know that they, they'd mount up with me in this moment. And so I like the idea of, a, the theme of the importance of faith in, in the holiday. Like I always tease the girls that if they, you know, cause now that they know that Santa's not real, I always tease them that if they don't believe Krampus is going to come instead. Um, cause you still got to believe. I think that's what makes the, the holiday so magic. If I could be very corny for a second, I think why I love Christmas so much is cause it requires you to believe in something that is completely unbelievable and just open your heart up to the idea of good and 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 warmth and kindness which to me is just as ludicrous in our society to believe in as as Santa Claus but again it's that moment in in the year where I take the leap of faith and just want to find the good in everything and I also like the the idea that maybe they either a this is their hell which is fair because who wants to spend every like my idea of hell would be Christmas with my family every day um or b maybe they do get a second chance and so yeah I'm a sucker for the ambiguity of the ending but I do agree with you about it being one of the weaker parts of the film that being Um, said 
I do love as far as with the ending, you know, the playful nature they did with Krampus that what, no matter which ending is the one that is, um, which uh, to be fair, I do like the ambiguity as well. Although I obviously lean towards, I want it to be the negative ending um, is I love that in everything that he did, he like had some sense of like, okay, this kid had the balls to stand up and talk to me about it all right, I'll budge a little bit, like, fair enough, kid. And I kind of like that little bit of personality to him because he just wasn't just a monster. He very clearly had that sense, you know, of, like, I don't know. I liked that. <laughs> yeah. No, me too. I like the uh, the way that he's like, no, fuck you. And, like, you know, like, I like I like that whole story. But here, so here's the question that I have to ask you all then. Do we think this family deserves their fate? Because they're, none of them are bad people. Like, yes, they're annoying. Yes, they're very typical to me, like the, the stereotype of all kinds of problematic family members we've all encountered. But at the end of the day, like, one of the things why I like to think maybe the ending has some hope is because really they're no worse than any of us. You know what I mean? Like that's Which is why the movie has no hope because you're yeah. right. <laughs> no, that's, that's the note that I have that now just talking about the core family, talking about Max and his mom and dad and his sister. Um, it's one of those things where it's like, uh, my note was Max's family loves each other, but life has gotten in the way. The kids have gotten older technology has taken over people's lives jobs become more important than family like it's it's the everyday thing that happens to most families and you know I, I never doubted that they didn't love each other I never doubted that they were bad people it's just one of those things where you know like I said life life got in the way of of it and the the note that I have under that and, and not to kind of be a Debbie Downer but you know, Christmas is never going to be the same as, as when you were a kid. Like I know that how Christmas was when I was a kid and, you know, my whole family used to get together all the time. Like we literally would like every year would trade off houses of who's going to host Christmas dinner. We all got together. And then, like I said, we all get older and, you know, the family is not as big as it used to be in a sense, because it's like, I, I remember, you know, you've got all these aunts and all these uncles and then the next generation, they, you know, people aren't having 10 kids anymore, like my great grandparents did and, and grandparents did. Nobody's having these big families and families get a little bit smaller in that sense. And also people are moving away. My whole family lived in the same town. And, you know, I, I I could ride my bike to my aunt's house and things like that. And now people have moved away. And you know what I mean? Like, it's just kind of one of those, I don't even want to say it's disappointing, but like for someone like me, who's very like nostalgic and loves to, you know, put my nostalgia glasses on for everything. It's disappointing that Christmas isn't the way that it used to be. Well, even without the change of, you know, events and people and such, I agree with you in the sense that um you know christmas as a kid it, it loses the magic because even even if you're a person who's still you know actively very intensely like you said the buddy the elf celebrates christmas like that it still doesn't in my opinion still doesn't have that magic because instead of having this sense of what christmas is and having that you know you understand it as what it actually is and that's not a necessarily a bad thing but it loses the magic by having the clarity of what the holiday can actually be even if it's like not in a negative way, it could be understanding that this is this time for a family and all that stuff. In my opinion, it loses the magic because it becomes a more like tangible, real thing, as opposed to a kid. You're like, Oh my God, it's Christmas. There's snow. Something's happening. Family's coming over. We're doing this stuff. 
feel like you're, I mean, just as a child, you're way more in that moment as opposed to really thinking about it, having to deal with both the positive and the negative of your family, which you would as an adult, even in positive group, you know, gatherings and stuff. See, I don't, I don't know, you guys, I think that it's our responsibility to keep the, that, like, for the record, I, I completely agree with what both of you are saying, Jackie, I'm the same way I come from a family where my aunts and uncles, and they were like 5000 people around. And now the holidays just aren't like that anymore. Like, I remember the big Italian 20, the, you know, seven fishes celebrations when I was a kid, that shit's never going to happen again. But I feel like and, and to be fair, I'm grappling this year with this being the first year, neither of my kids believe in Santa anymore. So it's been very hard to kind of get that magic back. I will say one of the things that makes you have that level of excitement you have when you're a kid is having your own kids, which is kind of cool. But I think it's my job. I think it's my job at the holidays to be, you know, as you guys say, Buddy the Elf in that I think I have to find that magic for myself. I, I think the difference between being a kid and being an adult is nobody's going to do it for you now. You have to do it for yourself and you have to find the things that make you as deliriously excited as you were when you were a kid. And it's your burden now to not let the shit and the, the crappy parts of Christmas and all of the bullshit of like things like family and, you know, spending money on gifts and all the other stuff. Like that's what I think the spirit of the notion of Krampus really is for me and why I really have a soft spot for, you know, the, these like fairy tales of Santa and Krampus and Belschnickel is because I really love the idea that it's my job to keep that magic alive and to, to spread that to the people around me. So I think you're right. I think, um, but I think that to me, and again, I don't know, I didn't look into what the, the director said the ending was supposed to mean, but in my mind watching that, although there were a lot of endings, I thought that that's what they were trying to get at. And it's not so much a moral because I feel like that's why they have this slightly ambiguous ending, which is Christmas is what you make of it. If you want to put it in a bubble and make it this happy ever after everyone's going to be, that's fine. You can pretend to believe that you love your family and you guys are always going to be close and it will always be what it is, which is exactly what Max wants as a child. Or you can make it a nightmare and focus on all the things that are going wrong and all of the conflicts and the fact that you have to share your room and all of these things and make it a, like a Krampus style nightmare. Um, but that ultimately you're going to have to confront those things. And I think the idea of not believing in Santa Claus is symbolic for being an adult. It goes from being about this magical, everyone's going to make this fun for me to a, all right, it's not about you anymore, kid. Like you're saying, like now it's about what does this, this holiday season really mean to you? And it's kind of that idea of, I also think there's an interesting parallel they draw with the fact that we use Christmas as an excuse to be a family um, in the same way that we use these incredible, like we take for granted a lot of our bonds and connections until they're tested or until there's a reason to celebrate them. So it's this, we make like Christmas out to be this end all be all family thing when in reality, all of those things are still there. All of their family's still there. They could talk to the sister. They, they, you know, the mom could talk to the sister. The mom could talk to the dad. You know, the, the little boy could talk to the, you know, the daughter. Like, all of these things are always there. Why put the pressure of Christmas being when we work on those relationships to a certain extent? Why either Christmas or when your, your whole family is under fire and attacked by things that are really hard? That seems to be the only time we focus on reminding ourselves, hey, I, like, when's the only time the family says I love you? Right before they die. You notice that? The dad says it, the mom says it. They focus on this idea of that's the time when they really come out and say, hey, this is, as opposed to that everyday kind of, if you worked on those relationships that way, as opposed to putting all the pressure of a holiday or a tragedy on it, 
you know, it, it, that I feel like that was kind of what I saw in that movie a little bit, which is funny because it is a hilariously dark movie at the same time. But one of the things I saw the most like striking to me was that, that idea that we, we put Christmas as this thing that's supposed to represent family when really family's always there and we don't have to wait till Christmas. I actually love, I love that, that reading, Mary. I think that's a really poignant and powerful statement you're making. And I agree with everything you said. In fact, I agree with it so much. I think, yeah, like, I think it's our job to make the magic bubble for just that day. You know what I mean? Like, that's what I, and I always say, I love everything up until December 24th, and then I'm over it. Because inevitably speaking, Christmas Day sucks, like, compared to the whole all of December. Like, and I get made fun of because I put my tree up too early, and I, it's like Christmas vomited and all that good stuff. But I really do, like, you're right, it is what you make of it. And as an adult, I definitely think that what, like, you're right, it's a time to celebrate the things that you should be better at all year round. But, and it is, it's the human condition, right? To not appreciate the shit you should appreciate in, in any given moment of the day. I like it. I gotta say, I'm a little worried about some of you maybe getting a visit from Krampus instead of Santa this year. You better watch it. You're toeing the line, Jackie, and I'm just trying to save you from yourself. <laughs> Whatever um, you speak, don't tear up your Christmas letter. You mail no. that. Yeah. Serious. <laughs> That's serious. Or, or don't write it and you can't give him power. <laughs> that's true. You're, that's that's crap. Buy your talk own right gifts there. this year. That's Krampus talk right there. Y'all are screwed. I'll tell you what. Um, real quick, I for for the for our friends at home who might not be so inclined, because coming from a uh, Latino culture, I knew not of this this lovely man named Krampus, and I'm so glad that I bought him into my heart because forget any of this Christian stuff. I'm going full pagan now with my celebrations of all things holiday, and I'm so excited. Um, First of all, he's obviously derived from the German word Krampen, which is for claw. I should let you white people tell me more about this, huh? You're pro- Mary, you probably are related to him, right? Like it's your great-great-great-grandfather or something? Yeah, I mean, you want to talk about awkward Christmases when Uncle Krampus shows up. <laughs> Fugger's intense. Like everyone else just kind of want, I mean, Christmas Eve, you're like, dude, I just, I really just want to, you know, relax with my Christmas candy and just kind of take a nap in the chair. None of that's happening when Krampus is around. It's all oh, punishment, punishment. I got some candy in the bottom of my bag. Just go get it. It's not a big deal. Just go get it. <laughs> you know, I'm he's, a, he's I'm actually the basis for the angel in the film. <laughs> <laughs> that thing's so creepy. Very um, accurate. Oh, when she starts to lick Tony Collette, it's just so gross. And, and then I have to turn around in Corky's in my goddamn playroom. I'm so bad right now. <laughs> I, you know my thing with dolls, y'all. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, no. So obviously this was more of a pagan. This was the, he. He goes all the way back to Norse. He is the son of the Norse god of the underworld, who is named Hell. I thought it was going to be Mary, but it turns out it's Hell. <laughs> who is, by the way, the daughter of Loki? Yeah, that's right. Um, see, I knew you knew all about this shit. Um, and yeah, no, not me. I had to research it. And basically he was part of the winter solstice. That's why he is celebrated on December 6th. Here's my favorite tradition. And I can get behind this one. I'm pretty excited. Apparently it's customary to leave out schnapps for him on December, which, so now I got to get a lasagna for the Jersey for the Gaba ghoul, (laughs) some, uh, some uh, beets for the Jersey ghoul for the Jersey devil. And now I got to leave out schnapps for Krampus. It's it's a full-time job leaving out treats for all these If those stuff aren't in your staple already, you have a problem. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And apparently again, like on December 6th, the custom is either he's going to come and beat you if you've only been a little bit bad, eat you 
or just kill you all together, right? Did I get that right? Are you telling, or me, are you telling me Krampus is going to come spank me on Christmas Eve if I'm naughty? <laughs> well, so here's the fun part. The birch, which you don't act like Krampus doesn't visit you every year. I'm shocked you're here, here to tell us the tale. The birch, he, the birch he whips you with comes from the traditional uh, witchcraft binding that they would do, like apparently they would bind souls into the whips of the birches that they would make to beat people with. So his birch is like the souls of all the people he's like taken, which I think is really cool. Oh, you're gonna whip me with human suffering? That's kinky. That's I'm into it. Don't 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 tell me how to live my life. All right. Um, listen, this is your people, Mary. You can make all the jokes you fair, want, but as long as somebody's you having a good time, it's okay. It. Like, you say that like I'm not about it. Honestly, what I love about Krampus is that he represents that idea that Christmas wasn't always supposed to be happy. Like, Christmas Carol. Christmas Carol is a ghost story. Like, Christmas was about the darkest time of year and everyone having to gather around a fireplace to, like, in a sense of, you know, in a sense of, um, what's the word? Yeah, again, keeping the fire warm, like, but like the idea that's fellowship, it's that idea of it's the darkest time of year, it's cold, it's easy, like, so many people get depressed around the holidays anyways, and it's not just because of the holiday pressure, it's also because it is literally winter, dark, cold, you know, you don't have things growing, you don't have, like, outdoors time, and this was a way of bringing everyone together, and what do you do around a campfire? You tell ghost stories, you talk about the things out in the darkness, yeah, that's true. And I think, I, I gotta say, I love the little animated scene with the grandmother. I fucking, and I love Michael Dockery for doing that kind of stuff, but that shit is dope. Go ahead, continue. Give me a whole movie like that, and I'm yeah. in. Yes. It was so yes. well done. So well so done. So good. So good. I'm hoping we see that in, in like, I know uh, Candyman teased of it, and I was like, oh, I wonder if that's just the trailer, or if there's more of because I'm here for that little animated cutaways. I, I don't love care about Mogwai. The world is ready for a shadow puppet movie. Come on. Ah, oh, yes. So good. So good. Um, but I do have one quick note. As much as I love the camera, the the I gotta give my daughter Ked's credit for these two two things. We were watching the movie together. She had two notes for me. First of all, the grandma spoke English the whole time. Why wouldn't she just speak in English the whole time then? Like, why did she have to speak in German and have him translate? It's a little fucked up, if you ask me. To just encourage bilingual oh. learning. She was a selfish bitch. That was the moral of that story. Remember that? <laughs> Wait, that's that's a little that's a little English privilege. It's just expecting her to speak another language. If she's more whoa, comfortable whoa, whoa, whoa. speaking German, you better back off. First of all, I come from a bilingual household, so you said so you should know better, right? Yeah, then Where you should I, know better. If you are I more learned... comfortable in your native language, you should not be pushing your privilege if you need to speak English. I learned the exquisite art of Spanglish thanks to the house I grew up in, first of all, okay? So you need that better than me. You hole hole too much, okay? Um, that's number one. Number two, you're absolutely right if we're having a nice day at the park. When the fucking Krampus and his fucking killer gingerbread cookies are attacking me, no, everybody needs to get on page one. Okay, fair, this it, isn't about white privilege. This is about fucking survival. Yo, I didn't say yo, white privilege. The, the color is irrelevant. It is the, about the English speaking privilege. Wouldn't during a crisis. Well, that's when she started be, speaking English. Wouldn't the bigger no, issue be that there were two people that understood her in German and she still didn't tell them about Krampus until half the family was gone? Well, she wasn't sure yet, Mary. Whatever <laughs> language you want to share it in, that is critical intel. <laughs> she kept it to herself. And then it was like, oh yeah, yeah. 
tell you just enough so you know you're fucked. I'm not going to give you anything else to go off of. So really, That's the whole fair. thing, we can't even blame Max. We have to blame Omi. It's all her fault. Well, when, you're all fault. when your well, Max, entire okay. town dies because of your fault, it's probably a little traumatic and you're hoping for as long as possible that that's, that's not, not what's going to happen. That's fair. That's fair. You want to be very sure before you pull that fire alarm. That's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> I, mean, I would be talking to my family so much about, no, 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 you guys don't get it. When I say it's important to remember the spirit of Christmas, I mean it is critically imperative. Prior yeah, yeah, yeah. one is to remember the spirit of Christmas. Like, Otherwise, all y'all getting dragged to hell. Yeah, even the fire thing. Like, you'd be like, you don't understand. If you don't keep that fire lit, shit's gonna get real. Like, but again, Jackie. die. <laughs> Jackie, I'm, if ever you and I are in a moment of pure crisis, I'm going to speak only Spanish to you because I'm going to remind you that I have a right to the language that I'm most comfortable in oh, no. wait, in wait, a moment oh, of crisis. God, speak yeah. some Spanish to me right now. Vete pa' carajo, manicón. <laughs> Just like when you she eres, speaks Spanish. <laughs> you like it. Tu eres un bola, bola. Mm. Mm, hola, hola. Tu hola, hola. Mucho. <laughs> so I'm gonna be she. So I'm gonna be she. Son of a bishi. You're so a son of a bishi. You're being a real son of a bishi right now. Gracias. <laughs> <laughs> go beat her with the chancla okay yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i should you're all getting a chancla beating you know what i'm gonna invite a cuban monster that comes and beat you with a chancla on fucking christmas eve instead well, of already the did the cuba cabra the cuba cabra <laughs> the cuban the cabra, cuba cabra. <laughs> i'm just you know what jackie i'm just proud of you for advocating for someone to Thank speak you. in whatever native language that's very Thank forward you. of you but i'm my point is if we're in an emergency situation and you have the, the ability to speak in the language most people in the room do speak, why yeah. not exercise that? Why not? Probably, that's, smart, that's, probably, that's smart Probably because somebody who grew up mostly only speaking German is now re-traumatized by her entire village dying, probably reverts back to the language she's spoken most of her life. Also, so traumatized not to move to the States and raise a son and then move in with the son and then speak only German the entire time? Well, she's a strong woman, but you know she deserves to have uh, some weak spots too. Okay, it's traumatic. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I have to go back and agree. I think Mary said it. Like, I think from birth, I'd be telling my kids, like, Everybody. this is real. Y'all gonna get it's it. It's gonna come. Like, yeah. Like, so this should be the most Christmassy family on the block. Remember <laughs> the bell, or we're going yeah. to hell. Yeah. <laughs> and we've got a and we've got a catchphrase. <laughs> That's perfect. Right. Um. Also, we have not yet addressed to who I believe to be the real hero of this movie, which is the aunt. Her line when she says, and Ken's also, this is her second, says, um, she says we're fucked because, um, and he's like, how do you know you don't speak the language? She's like, because I'm old enough to know when, <laughs> when life is coming at you with its pants down. Like, what a fucking, who, I fucking love her. She fucking gets, she gives the kids alcohol. Like, she's me. She's me in like 20 years. <laughs> she's my favorite. When she walks in the house and she's like, Jesus Christ, it's like Martha Stewart, they're up in here. We're kindred spirits. <laughs> when she's like um well i'm sorry i thought you wanted a break for mac and cheese and hot dogs and she's like well you get strong i'm like this woman <laughs> isn't my fucking hero like she is such a and then when she's like where's the dog i need to get married that's how i walk into holiday parties every year now i'm like where's the dog i need to get married and everybody rolls their eyes because they're like great drunk old marissa's here and then it's over like not but yet then, i'm not now give me the eggnog right 
I had to, I have to put up with you people for eight hours. Start drinking. Um, no, but like legit, it's it's she. I love that character so much, and she goes out with a bag too, in my opinion. You know what I mean? Like she's so gangsta, and the dog when the dog eats the cookie, I love yes. that part too. I love I love when Rosie eats the cookie, but my favorite is the even the ants like exit line. Everyone else exits undignified, but freaking Aunt Dorothy goes, "I'll see you in hell," and then gets yanked out a window. You're like badass. Her, she's my hero. Gremlins would have shut shit like shit down on Krampus. Like, <laughs> oh my god, they're the heroes this world deserves. My god, um, man, you guys, this was anything. Well, first of all, what anything else about Krampus we really want to talk about? I'm sorry, but teddy bears that that bite you are the stuff of nightmares. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> I don't like it. That's not true. <laughs> bears bite. Be responsible. Yeah, what did the you ginger- teach me, Marissa? Brown get down, black attack. Yeah, she yeah. thought I made that up too. I did. <laughs> That's for bears. That's she told me that if you That's- see a brown bear, you have to like lay down and pretend you're sleeping so they leave you alone. And if you see a black bear, you got to be like, blah, 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 blah. not to sound like Dwight Schrute here, but false. <laughs> that advice only works in order to keep you from screaming as the bear's gonna eat you. The black probably won't actually attack you. If you, the blacks are smaller and easily spar- startled. So if you go at it, it'll run away. Black attack, brown Hopefully. get down. Hopefully, you better hope there are no cubs nearby. Also, you're talking about wild animals. Like, you know <laughs> Jackie, don't listen to them. Attack you wanna live, girl. <laughs> You don't attack the bear. You make a lot of loud no. noises. No, That's you don't attack. That would be right. 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 Attack its personal space with noise. Yeah. Just make your what? Make yourself look bigger. It's the whole animal that makes yourself look You just look gotta bigger. just Thank look you, too Jack. obnoxious to eat. <laughs> like, I'm gonna get a stomachache. I'll pass. I like, or maybe I miss. I mishear the information and brown get down. And when I see a brown bear, I'm like trying to beatbox. I'm gonna start raising the roof and doing the uh, like Jean Ralphio Saperstein. <laughs> That's the last time I teach you all how to survive in nature. <laughs> you know what? That's deal. <laughs> Listen, just because you don't, you guys aren't like survivor people like me. Meanwhile, Mary's the only one who's fully qualified to make any survivor decisions if actually we're out yeah. in the wild. <laughs> and even then, my survivor decision will usually just be like, either don't panic, we'll be fine, or panic, we're probably fucked. <laughs> oh, good. Because I'm going to panic either way. So, done. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> All right. Anything else about these movies? This has been fun. This see, this is the reason for the season. This is the Fun. reason for the season. You can find Mary over at Dark Hills Radio where we do all kinds of fun stuff. And I say the royal we because everyone in this group has had a huge part in making Dark Hills Radio as amazing as it is. So definitely check out that podcast over at darkhillsradio.com. Also, again, we are very excited to be launching Three Currents Productions, which is going to be a smorgasbord of cool crap. Um, and Shane, tell us where we can find Blind Man. Uh, you can find me on Instagram or Facebook and a little bit on Reddit. We're going to take a look at the calendar. So oh. this weekend, December 12th, there is going to be another horror movie night live stream. It's the holiday edition that both Marissa and I will be a part of. I yeah. am going to be in the 930 slot where we are going to be making the ultimate hey, holiday yeah. playlist. And then following me at 11, Marissa. I will be discussing the best Christmas specials. 
Yeah. So I believe it's going to be live streaming on Facebook and it's going to be on the Geekscape YouTube channel, I believe. Um, So that's going to be on the 12th of December. Again, it's going to be a charity stream running all day for horror movie night. I'm assuming it's going to be another Scares That Cares charity. Also looking at the calendar this coming Tuesday, December 8th, I want everybody to make sure that they go online and they wish our Marissa, our little Marisha Schnickel, (laughs) <laughs> a very happy birthday because her birthday uh, her birthday is december 8th so everyone make sure that you wish our little sparkle the happiest of birthdays i'm gonna get a little manger you. and i'm gonna put you in it <laughs> oh, i sure hope so <laughs> should we go out on us singing her happy birthday no no absolutely not but what what i will say is yes definitely um and don't forget we're going to be coming in every week for the uh, month of December with some spooky fun and some even spookier guests. So definitely stay with us for the holidays because what better time of year than to remember the horror of humanity. See, are you proud of me, Jackie? I felt like that was very Grinchish. You're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. That was very good. I'm not a Grinch. You have to stop telling people that I'm a Grinch. You're as cuddly as a cat. I've never there's, there's, there's nothing wrong with the Grinch. He had a nice relationship with his dog and he just wanted people to leave him alone. What's wrong with I mean, All I'm saying is because I'm not obsessed with Christmas. There is a gray area. It's not love Christmas or hate Christmas. Christmas can be just an okay holiday. The three words that best describe you are as follows. And I quote, stink. Stank, stunk. Also, to be fair, I'd have hated Christmas if I had to put up with those fucking Who's down in Whoville, too. All right? Those Who's, <laughs> those who's in Whoville are awful. All right? Little Susie Lou is a manipulative little bitch. You can tell that right off the bat. I don't even need to know that much. I believe the plural is whom's. <laughs> <laughs> when it's the object of a sentence, it's you, it's the subject. <laughs> Okay, so yes, uh, every single Sunday this month, we are going to be coming at you with some more holiday cheer. It is the Jersey Ghouls Christmas Spectacular Extravaganza Month of Super Happy Fun Times. So make sure you are checking us out on your favorite podcast app and on social media. Just search Jersey Ghouls. You will find us on the internet. We are all over. Go to iTunes. Give us five stars. Rate us. Tell us all about your Christmas, happy, fun times, and I don't know. Bye-bye. Ho, ho, ho. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.